Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Thank you so much, and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. As Pastor Steve has already said, I just wish you a wonderful day and pray God's blessing upon you. But I'm very excited today because we have a special treat for you. You know, customarily, I share the message on Mother's Day, but I just began to pray about it and just consider what the Lord wanted for today. And we had our legacy event Um, On Thursday night, ladies, if you were there, thank you for being there. God was in the house, and some amazing things took place in the hearts of ladies. And, um, you know, I just began to put it before the Lord, and I just decided that today was a day um, for me to just pass the baton and to just sit over there and receive from the Lord today on Mother's Day as I needed to do and just pass the baton to my daughter, Jessica. And so I just want to introduce her to you for just a little bit as she is coming Jessica is our college pastor here at Faith Assembly Church. If you if you are part of this church or even this community and you you would know that Jessica is a blessing to the body of Christ. She has a call on her her life from the Lord and she is a wonderful minister of the gospel and I'm just going to ask you today as a proud mother on Mother's Day and just so thankful for what God is doing in her life and in our family. Jessica, today I just pass it off to you and I bless you and just give it up for her today as she brings a word. Thank you. Can we give it up for Pastor Lisa one more time? Faith Assembly. This is what I want to do before we get started. As she mentioned, we had our legacy event, and that was phenomenal. And we talked about leaving a legacy for the generations. But before we get started today, I do want to take just one more moment to honor the moms in the house today. If you are a mother or a grandmother, would you just stand? And can we honor these in the house this morning? Well, I think we can do a little bit better than that for our mothers, our grandmothers. Come on. We are so thankful for the legacy that you're leaving in the lives of your children, in the lives of your family, and we are honored to be a part of that. Listen, this morning I was, I was excited for the opportunity to be able to share with you today, so much so that while I was over there in worship, my watch popped up and it asked me not if I was recording an indoor walk, but if I was recording an indoor run. So um, my heart is beating a little fast, so we're going to just jump right into it today. So as I mentioned before, today we're going to be speaking about legacy. And today we do honor our mothers, but how many of you know that every single person in this room is going to leave a legacy? Maybe a lot of times when we think about a legacy, we think about it in terms of people who have more influence than we do have or than we may ever have in our entire life. For example, you might think of a presidential term, the impacts of what that will have and leave for future generations. Maybe you think of your favorite athlete and the impact that they've left on the game that you love and that they love. Maybe you think about how an activist deals, ideals might shift culture for the next generations. Or maybe you do recognize the legacy of close family members, of close friends, and how that is pouring into your life. But how many times do we think about our own legacy? Each of us in this room, each of us on this planet, 
No matter how insignificant we may feel, we have a legacy that is going to be left behind. So this morning, I want to start off by asking you, what about you? What do you want your legacy to be this morning? Not in man's eyes necessarily, but in the eyes of God. What heritage do you want to leave in your heirs that reflects who Jesus Christ is to you? And what does God say about the legacy that we can leave on this life after we're gone from earth? Regardless of what stage of life that you're walking through, regardless of if you're a mother in the house today or not, you are going to leave a legacy. And what's even more important is that you are writing that legacy right now as you sit here in this place, as you go into your workplace, as you spend your everyday lives, you are writing that legacy right now. And maybe you're thinking, how can this relate to me? I don't have a legacy, I don't have children, I don't have a family, maybe I'm estranged from my family, maybe you're just a young person in the room today. But the same thing applies to you is that leaving a a legacy starts for you right now. In whatever stage of life you're in, it impacts so many more people than just an immediate family. It's important for every believer to be conscious of the legacy that's being left behind. Your legacy isn't just something that is gonna impact people long after you're gone, but your legacy starts right now. The legacy that you're creating right now, whether you have a family or not, affects your friends. It impacts your coworkers, it impacts your acquaintances, it might even impact your church family, people you just pass by on the street. A legacy is not just something, though, that's formed by word of mouth, but a spiritual legacy is formed in action, and it's formed in heart. So today I wanna talk to you specifically about leaving a spiritual legacy, a spiritual inheritance for those who are to come after us. Passing on to the next generation, not just material goods, but a legacy with eternal value that is far more important than a temporary endowment of money or property or any physical thing could possibly be. And the best part about our spiritual legacy is that it's free, right? We can pass it down free of charge, no taxes, no nothing to deal with. It is a free inheritance passed down to your legacies and to generations to come. So if you've been coming to Faith Assembly Church for any length of time, you have heard Pastor Steve say this. He likes to mention that every 10 out of 10 persons is guaranteed to die someday. Okay, I know that's like a little grim, but it's inevitable. Every single one of us on this life, we are gonna pass away from this life and we are gonna go to eternity and we will spend it in either heaven or we'll spend it in hell. But no physical body will be left here, but what will be left behind by every single person sitting in this room is a legacy, a testament to who you were as a person and the faith that you carried as a believer in Christ Jesus. And so when I started to think about a spiritual legacy, there were so many people in the Bible that left rich legacies of faith. Rich legacies of faith that we are still walking in today, that we are still following in the footsteps of today. We have the heroes of the faith. They're found in Hebrews 11. They're also found in the stars out there down Studio 127 hallway. Maybe you're just thinking about Jesus himself and the way that he paid for us, the eternal life that he gave us so freely. But as I was reading, my story was brought to the attention of one man. And this was the story of a man named Joshua. 
So a little bit about Joshua. Joshua was Moses' right-hand man, and Moses was called to lead the Israelite people out of bondage. Joshua was Moses' right-hand man, and he was helping and aiding Moses by God's power in leading the Israelites into and toward a promised land. So we open the book of Joshua, and at the beginning of the book of Joshua, Moses has just passed away, and Joshua has just taken over leadership of the Israelite people by himself and with the power of of God, of course. But he's leading these people, and he's still in the early stages of proving himself as a leader to these people. And along the way, he was listening for the voice of God in how to best lead these people. So as the book of Joshua opens, Joshua is intently listening for and relaying instructions from the Lord to the people in how they should proceed into the promised land. So here we have the Israelite people with Joshua in charge, and the Lord told Joshua to have the Israelite people cross the Jordan River. But to do so, they were to follow behind priests who would be carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and as the Ark of the Covenant would pass through the Jordan River, the water would be held back on each side for the Israelites to be able to cross through the river safely. So this plan starts, and it's in action, and those priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, they start to proceed forward, and as they get to the bank of the Jordan River, and they dip their toes in the Jordan River, the water parts. Just as God had said it, and the Israelites begin to cross through the Jordan River, and he instructs as he's doing this through the Lord's instruction for each man, one from each tribe of Israel, to grab a stone as they cross through the river. And then we're going to pick up reading in Joshua chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 8. The verses will be on the screen if you want to turn to it in your Bible. I'll give you a minute to do that. So Joshua 4, chapter 8, starts and it reads, The Israelites did just as Joshua had commanded them. The twelve men took stones from the middle of the Jordan, one for each of the Israelite tribes, just as the Lord had told Joshua. They carried them to the camp and set them down there. Joshua also set up twelve stones in the middle of the Jordan where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing, and those stones are still there today. The priest carrying the ark continued standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything was completed that the Lord had commanded Joshua to tell the people in keeping with all that Moses had commanded Joshua. The people hurried across, and after everyone had finished crossing, the priest with the ark of the Lord crossed in the sight of the people. The Reubenites, Gadites, and half of the tribe of Manasseh went in battle formation in front of the Israelites as Moses had instructed them. About 40,000 equipped for war crossed to the plains of Jericho in the Lord's presence. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they revered him throughout his life as they had revered Moses. And the Lord told Joshua, command the priest who carried the ark of the testimony to come up from the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priest, come up from the Jordan. And when the priest carrying the ark of the Lord's covenant came up from the middle of the Jordan and their feet stepped out on solid ground, the water of the Jordan resumed its course, flowing all the banks, flowing over all the banks as before. Then the people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month and they camped at Gilgal on the eastern limits of Jericho. Then Joshua set up in Gilgal the 12 stones that they had taken from Jordan and he said to the Israelites, in the future... When your children ask their fathers, what is the meaning of these stones? You should tell your children, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. 
For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over just as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. And this is so that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is strong and so that you may always fear the Lord your God. So this morning, if you haven't been keeping up with your Bible reading, then um, you're welcome. We just basically read a whole chapter together. So now you're caught up for your Bible plan for the week. But we see a lot of things happening in this story as, as the Israelites are crossing over the Jordan River. And the one thing that I noticed mainly is that Joshua was very, very mindful to leave a legacy. Joshua was mindful to create monuments of moments that God had brought the Israelites through the Jordan River and closer to the promised land. So the first thing I want to point out here about this story, I want to point out three things about leaving a legacy for the generations, no matter what stage of life you're walking through. And the first thing is that Joshua here in this story, if we pay close attention, he stood on the stones of those who had gone before him. Joshua's generation and Joshua as a leader had been set up for success. Not just success, but spiritual success. And he took hold of what God had promised the generation before him. In Joshua 4, 10 through 13, this is a different translation, but I like the way it says it here. It says, the priest carrying the ark continued standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything was completed that the Lord had commanded Joshua to tell the people in keeping with all that Moses had commanded Joshua. The people hurried across, and after everyone had finished crossing, the priests with the ark of the Lord crossed in the sight of the people. The Reubenites, Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh went into the battle formation in front of the Israelites as Moses had instructed them. About 40,000 equipped for war crossed the plains of the Jericho, and on that day the Lord exalted Joshua. So if we notice here as we're reading this scripture, there's sort of a handoff that happens, right? Instruction was given to Moses by the Lord. And Moses proved faithful in following the words of the Lord so that when Joshua came along, he was not only able to build his own legacy, but he was able to stand on the stones that Joshua had built and say that I know that my God is faithful. And just what he's proven to Moses, he will prove to me. Joshua was able to stand firm on what God had told Moses and what spiritual legacy Moses had passed down to Joshua. Because of this, Joshua was able to press forward in the plan that God had for the Israelite people because of that legacy that was laid before him. What it took for Joshua was someone going before him. It took somebody standing firm in the faith and training him up in spiritual legacy to get him to the point that he was standing at right now. Joshua had been set up for spiritual success through a rich legacy of faithfulness. Moses showed Joshua what it looked like to listen for the voice of God and to trust the plan of God. And Joshua was able to move forward and start laying his legacy right there. It would have been much harder for Joshua to be able to move forward in who God was calling him to be if somebody wouldn't have gone before him and stacked stones and laid a foundation of spiritual legacy for him to stand on. I think what we can learn here today is that really the importance of leaving a godly legacy 
The importance of leaving a spiritual legacy goes far beyond what people are gonna think of you after you're gone from life on this earth. And leaving a spiritual legacy has a whole lot more to do with what is gonna be left behind for the next generation of believers to be able to step up and walk into, amen? This morning, are you stacking stones as you're going through life, as you're leaving your legacy? Are you stacking stones as Moses did that are gonna be strong enough for the next generation of leaders to be able to stand on with confidence and press forward in who God is calling them to be? Or this morning, are you building a loose foundation? Where when the next generation of Christ followers steps up on those stones and they go to proclaim the name of Jesus, they begin to wobble. For the younger generations in the room this morning, are you looking to the legacies that have been left before you to learn what a godly legacy looks like? To learn what it looks like to walk in faithfulness, to walk in trust in in the Lord. So the second thing that we see here in this story is that Joshua was conscious to start stacking stones right there in the middle. He was conscious to start stacking stones right in the middle of his miracle. He started laying the foundation of his spiritual legacy right there in the middle of these circumstances that he was walking through. Joshua 4 says, he chose 12 men and then he called them together and he said, go to the middle of the riverbed where the sacred chest is and pick up a large rock. Carry it on your shoulders to our camp. There are 12 of you, so there will be one rock for each tribe. And someday your children will ask, why are these rocks here? And then you can tell them how the water stopped flowing when the chest was being carried across the river. So the men followed the instructions the Lord had given Joshua. They picked up the 12 stones for each tribe. But here's what we need to pay attention to is that Joshua, as these men were grabbing stones for the future, Joshua set up a monument right there in the middle. He took time to set up a monument right there in the middle in the place where the priests holding the Ark of the Covenant were standing, and it says that those stones are still there today. So Joshua, may, Joshua gathered stones from the middle to be used as a testimony later, but what he also did was he went ahead and he built a monument right there in the middle of the river, and there are two things to notice here. One is that Joshua was alone. At this moment, he didn't have anyone helping him build this monument. He was alone. And two, I think it's interesting that it says that these stones are still here today. They wanted us to know that this monument had withstood the test of time. Just like Joshua this morning, oftentimes we have to remember that a legacy of faith is shaped in the middle moments, in the middle of the waiting, in the middle of the trials, in the middle of uncertainties of life. A legacy of faith is not always just formed in response to the victories because it's easy to have faith then, right? But it's formed in response to tests of the enemy in times where our faith outweighs our doubt and we have the choice to stand confident in who God is or we have the choice to shy away from his promises because of doubt. And here's what we see about Joshua. When Joshua started stacking stones in the middle of the river, they weren't through the river yet. They hadn't quite made it to the other side yet. They weren't standing in the promise yet. But he was stacking stones of faith that would prove to the generations that he had a faith that God was able in the face of what could possibly happen or what might could happen. Joshua was leaving a legacy that was stronger than circumstantial faith. 
Yes, God had promised that they would make it to the other side of the Jordan River and be able to walk into promised land, but he hadn't made it there yet. The legacy of faith, the spiritual legacy that he was leaving behind, even in that moment, was even used to raise the faith of those around him in the present. Not only that, but Joshua was consciously stacking stones for the next generation just as Moses had done before him. The monument in the middle was not just for the Israelites that were currently walking through this, but these monuments were purposefully left for those who were to come after. These were monuments of faith, monuments of provision, being built out of rocks for the next generation of faith to be able to stand on and look at and recognize and say, my God was faithful then and he'll be faithful in my generation and in generations to come. So this morning I wanna challenge you, start stacking in the middle ground. Leave a legacy of faith now in the middle ground. Maybe the middle ground for you could mean a lot of different things, it could mean a trial. Maybe it's just any time between birth and death. But stacking stones and leaving a legacy of faith for the next generation means being a person who is known for standing firm in the faith as you walk through the middles of life. The choices you make now, the choices you make when you're as Joshua was and you're alone and you're faced with the choice, these are the moments that'll shape your spiritual legacy for you, for your children, your family, for generations and for people to come. The third thing we notice here is that these monuments weren't just made of a single stone. As we take a look, every time it mentions Joshua, it was gathering stones for monuments. He didn't just take one large rock and set it down and be like, that'll do. But he was gathering stones. And what we see is that when they had reached the other side of the Jordan, they had gathered a collection of stones that were then stacked together to form a monument that would prove God's faithfulness to the generations. So as Joshua was shaping his legacy, a lot of times what it looked like for him was a lot of stacking stones. And I believe that as we continue to aim to leave a spiritual legacy that reflects Jesus Christ, a lot of times what that'll look like for us to form a lasting spiritual legacy, it'll look like stacking stones for us too. Usually there's not gonna be one single defining moment that shapes how people view us for eternity, but it's gonna be a collection of moments a collection of choices that honor God in our life and reflect who he is to us and in us. In any instance, there's always a series of events that have to be managed in order to create a legacy. Leaving a legacy of faith is much more than having a faith that comes to worship on Easter, on Christmas, on special events. It's much more than proclaiming the name of Jesus with your mouth, but forgetting to proclaim him in action right. in the middle moments. Right. A lasting legacy is formed piece by piece. It's formed stone by stone, and it comes from a committed walk with Jesus Christ that is reflected throughout your life in every position and in every season that you place your foot. Amen. Just like a monument that was left behind by the Israelites was more than just a testament to one single victory. It was a collection of moments from the beginning to the end of their journey. 
It was a collection of stones that represented obedience, trust, faith, commitment to Christ so, by so many people in so many different circumstances. But what we have to do is we have to be conscious to start picking up stones along the way of our life's journey that'll be used to build a monument that's left at the end of our time here on earth. These stones weren't just a representation of what God had done, but they represented who came through the battle. Who came through the battle believing that every step of the way God was able. God was proven faithful, and together it made a powerful monument to the testament of God's faithfulness. Each stone, each moment represented a piece of the legacy that was to be left. And as I continue to think about the legacy that has been left before me and the collection of stones, the collection of legacy that I hope to be able to leave behind me as a testimony to my life, I thought of 10 different stones that have been stacked before me and that I hope to be able to stack behind me. This morning, you you as well as me, I am so thankful for the spiritual legacy that has been left before me through parents, through grandparents, through spiritual mentors. I am so thankful to be able to stand on the stones of those who had gone before me. So this morning, I just wanna share with you 10 stones of legacy that's been left in my life that I hope will prove faithful for you and your walk to leave a legacy. The first of those is a stone or a legacy of joy in the midst of difficulty. James 1, 2 through 3 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. In this life, we're going to have troubles even when we aren't the instigators of it, right? So rather than attempting to just try to live a trouble-free life, it's much better to go ahead and expect the bumps in the road. But when we do, to dig deep in our spirit to find joy in the midst of it. There's joy that comes from knowing God is in control of every single situation in our lives. And that's a stone of legacy that we can pass on to the next generation. The second stone is a legacy of receiving and giving grace. 1 Corinthians 3.10 says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. And someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. This morning, God gives us great grace to accomplish his will right where we are. Being on the receiving end of undeserved grace is the ability to release our loved ones to experience that everything that God has created them to be and allowing them to make mistakes along the journey without being condemned just as Christ Jesus did for us. The third stone of legacy is a legacy of encouraging and inspiring others towards greatness. Hebrews 3.13, it says, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. In our life, there's always gonna be something to bring people down. There's always gonna be a discouraging word, a discouraging thought, a disapproving look, maybe a disrespectful action, and sometimes we have to bring the joy of the Lord with us when we show up, right? We have to bring the joy of the Lord with us when we go home, when we go to work, when we're at church, when we're serving our community. Great personal joy happens within us when other people are inspired by our words and actions. When we leave a legacy behind that shows a testament to who Jesus is. 
The fourth stone is a legacy of giving my time, my treasures, and my energy for kingdom work. 2 Corinthians 8, 7, it says, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. As believers in Christ Jesus, our legacy should be one of incredible generosity with our time, our money, our money, and our energy for kingdom impact. We are promised by God that he will supply all our needs and he'll grant our desires according to his will. And this morning I wanna challenge you in saying that our legacy is bolstered when we live our lives unhindered by selfish ambition or hoarding earthly treasures for ourselves, but when we commit our time, our life, and our energy to serving Christ Jesus. The fifth stone is a legacy of modeling forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32, it says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. It's much easier for us to talk and think about forgiving others than it is to actually do it. But God gives incredible freedom to those who choose to forgive when they've been offended. Christ's sacrifice at the cross modeled that for us, so how much more should we be willing to model it for the generations that are to come after us? Number six is a legacy of unconditional love for people. First Peter 4, 8 says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Many of us grow up believing that in order to be loved, we have to do something that's worthy of somebody's affection. However, God has called us to live with unconditional love just as he has loved us through his grace a legacy of love can reach throughout many generations of family and friends. Number seven is a legacy of leading and discipling people to Christ. First Thessalonians 2.8 says, because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. It's easy for us because we come sit here every week to take for granted the amazing gift of salvation giving from God through the Father to us. Yet every time you share the gospel, every time you witness a transformed life, it makes you more determined to reach out to the lost. But it takes time and it takes effort to disciple people in Christ. But God gives us the wisdom and strength when we trust his direction. The eighth stone of legacy that's left in my life is a legacy of hearing and doing God's word. James 1.22, it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Listen, if I could choose this morning, I would rather leave a legacy of doing God's word than just sitting around and knowing the knowledge, but never moving in action. God's word is a powerful motivator to give us moving in the right direction. It's a powerful motivator in showing us the legacy that we need to be leaving, the spiritual legacy that we need to be writing. But it's only possible when I surrender my inability of the flesh and trust the Lord to give me what I need to be able to follow through. The ninth stone of legacy is legacy of doing good and productive kingdom work. 1 Corinthians 3.13, it says, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. You can gain much satisfaction from giving your best in the work 
of God, in the work that God has given you to do. And the thing is, we all have one common work, and that's to go into all the world and make disciples. I want to leave a legacy of making disciples. The tenth and final stone is a legacy of looking toward my heavenly home. In 2 Peter 3.13, it says, But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness will dwell. If there was one legacy that I could leave, it would be the hope that I have in Christ for an eternal life. Every single day, you must live it as if it's your last one here on this earth. In closing, I want to ask everyone across this room to just stand with me. And I want to challenge you with a quote that I heard at a, at a next-gen conference that I went to back in um, Orlando in March. And it was an impactful quote for me. And what it says is that you can teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. You can tell people about Jesus all you want to, but what spiritual legacy are you actually leaving behind? Is it one of unwavering faith? Or is it one of a borderline faith? What stones are you piecing together that will become your legacy, that will become who you are known as, who your children become, who your grandchildren become? who your friends and your co-workers are influenced by, who people talk about when you're gone. What stones are you piecing together right now to set up the next generation of Christ followers? Everyone leaves a legacy whether they plan to or not. Everything we do, everything we say, every choice that we make leaves an impact on those around us. And as long as there is breath in your body, there is an opportunity to leave a rich legacy of hope. So I want to encourage you today, start your legacy today and live in the fullness that God has created you to experience. And while you're enjoying that fullness, leave behind stones, monuments for the next generation to stand on. Proverbs 13, it says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And the best part of leaving a legacy of faithfulness is that you don't have to be perfect to leave a lasting legacy of faith because God will direct your steps. You don't have to be perfect to accomplish God's purpose, but the choices that you make will determine the legacy that is left behind for generations to come. 1 Timothy 4, 8, it says, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things because it holds promise for both the present life and the life that is to come. The most important thing about leaving a godly or a spiritual legacy is that it has eternal value. It has impact on life that is to come, not just life that is now. Our lives and our legacy should be a monument of what God has done that proves faithfulness to the generations. But making this choice is a decision to purposefully build a legacy of faith as Joshua did before us. 
And if we follow the story of Joshua, we see a quote that a lot of us probably know in Joshua 24, 14. It says, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, then choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your father served in the region beyond the river, or the gods and the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And as we're leaving a spiritual legacy, as we're working towards leaving a spiritual legacy, we have to make that choice for ourselves. We have to consciously stack stones of faithfulness and obedience and trust in every circumstance because we know our God to be faithful and we want that to stand true for generations to come. So this morning, as we're closing out, as we're gonna pray together, I wanna challenge you. If you would say right now that I, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I wanna challenge you to join us up front at the altars this morning as we enter into a time of worship together. If you would say, I don't wanna just teach what I know, but I want to reproduce who I am. I want to reproduce a legacy of people who will stand firm in the foundation of Christ for generations to come. I want to do as Joshua did, and I want to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And maybe for you this morning, your house is just yourself. Maybe your house is your family. Maybe your house are those that you surround yourself, your friends. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Would you pray with me this morning? Dear Jesus, I pray that you would help us to leave a legacy like Moses. God, I pray that you would help us to be like Joshua. God, I pray that you would help us to be conscious about leaving a legacy that will reflect the faithfulness of God in our lives. God, you are great and we thank you for the promises that you have made. We thank you for being our firm foundation and we pray that you would continue to remain faithful and steadfast. And we know that you will. God, we lift up our legacy to you today. And we ask that you would give us a vision and a hope for the future. God, we pray that we would be able to understand and grasp the legacy, the importance of the legacy that we leave in this world. And we pray that you would help us and guide us in taking the right steps toward leaving a legacy that you desire of us. God, we pray that you would make us aware of the need for us to intentionally leave a legacy of love that points others to you, to the name of Jesus. This morning, I just want us to close out in a time of worship together. I wanna challenge you to pray over your families. Pray over those who will stand in the wake of your legacy that you would, by the power of the Holy Spirit, be able to leave a legacy that points people to Jesus. All over this place, would you lift your hands and worship with us this morning? We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.